state representative Lisa Subak. Um, we have a couple other state representatives, State Representative Therese Brousseau and Melissa Sargent here, and then of course the mayor and Chuck from the Metro Transit. Um, so glad you're all able to join us. I um, We're here today because recently there was a Supreme Court decision that changed things on our city buses, and the um, state Supreme Court had ruled that due to a state law, um, we can no longer prohibit weapons on our city buses. And I think a lot of us were surprised to hear that. I mean, this is something that cities have done for years. We um, don't allow weapons in our public buildings because we have a responsibility to our employees and to our citizenry to keep them safe and assume that that um, same responsibility and same ability to do so would apply on our buses as well. So after the Supreme Court ruling, um, we have gotten together. I have been working with my fellow representatives, both Therese Brousseau and Melissa Sargent, as well as Chris Taylor and Jimmy Anderson, the representatives who represent Madison, to put together um, a bill that would change the law so that cities would again have the ability to ensure the public safety of their riders on buses and of their staff who drive those buses. Buses are confined spaces. They are not good, safe places to have weapons, um, and certainly we believe that it should be up to our local governments to make that decision and to those transit authorities to determine how to best keep people safe on their vehicles. They have that liability and that responsibility. They should be able to do so. So um, some of the Democratic legislators have come together and written what is truly a common sense bill. Um, it simply takes the authority that we already give local governments to determine what, if any, weapons they allow or don't allow in their public buildings and apply that to their buses, their public vehicles as well. And now I'd like to turn it over to Mayor Paul Sagan. Well, thank you, Lisa, and, and thank all of the, the Dane County representatives who are participating in this in what is truly uh, a very uh, common-sense amendment to the existing statutes. If we go back to the original law, and we look at its purpose, we look at its intent, it clearly was an oversight in the enumeration of the controls and powers that we as municipalities might have in regards to areas that we control as the owners of the property. It affects us in terms of our public buildings, and it certainly affects us as it relates to public buses. We've already seen the concern expressed by the Madison School District, and uh, that, I think, reflects the concern of parents. This is, is a matter of local concern, and it is a matter of, of grave concern to us in terms of one of the strongest public transit systems in the United States. This is a, a, a city system, a municipal system, that has one of the highest ridership levels per capita in the United States. We are growing, and this is going to be an impediment to that safe growth unless this bill is adopted. This ought to be a nonpartisan endeavor. I certainly hope that there are plenty of members of both parties Democrats and Republicans who will come forth and meet a commitment 
to the people of this state in giving control to us as property owners of those buses just as we are property owners of our city halls, our town halls, and and all those other uh, respective public buildings. So, again, a big thank you for our legislators taking this initiative. And it's real simple. They're doing the right thing. So, thank you. Chuck, you want to... I think the mayor said it all. We're very appreciative of this effort. Our longstanding policy uh, is a common sense policy that many transit systems in the state of Wisconsin, indeed throughout the United States, employ. Uh, we are particularly uh, concerned, as the mayor said, we have high ridership per capita, uh, the 17th best in the United States. Uh, we've had a little dip in ridership, with gas prices down, and we still get overcrowding complaints on our buses. So. Uh, we are concerned that uh, loaded weapons on a crowded bus is not the safe way to go. Uh, we are working with the attorney's office, obviously, to comply with the Supreme Court decision, but we are very pleased to hear that there are others stepping forward and recognizing that our longstanding policy, indeed, was a common-sense policy and on behalf of our uh, 14 million customers a year and our 490 employees at Metro Transit, we're very pleased with this initiative. Thank you. All right. Thank you all for being here. We'd be happy to take any questions you have about this. The other side of here comes up is these are licensed legal gun owners. You should be worried about the illegal gun owners than the legal ones. What is What's your sort of come back to? That's what the governor said the last time this came up. Right. You know, this is. I, I, I would argue this is an issue of we don't allow guns, and or we allow our local governments to determine whether to allow guns in our publicly owned buildings. A publicly owned vehicle should not be any different. This is about space that is owned and controlled by the city. Every rider on that bus deserves to be able to take a safe ride. And if the city determines that the best way to ensure their safety is not to allow weapons on the bus, it makes good sense to do so. Can I add something? I just want to add that there's, that there's no guarantee that every gun that gets on the bus is a legal gun. So that's another issue. If somebody has an illegal gun um, in their pocket and they get on a bus, that's not going to be any different than a legal gun once they're on. Yes, certainly a driver has no way to distinguish yeah. that. Um, certainly, you know, I, I have not checked all of our bus policies, but certainly Madison is not the only place in the state where it has been the long-standing policy not to allow weapons on buses. Um, so any any locality would be impacted. And again, we opted not to go for a one-size-fits-all solution. Instead, we would be giving local government the authority to make decisions that make good sense in their communities. Pretty much every member of leadership has already shot this down. I mean, where are you even optimistic this, this will get a hearing? Um, you know, we're, we're not going to give up just because uh, – Leadership in the majority party has said that they they won't move. I certainly um, don't think that they, prior to today, saw specifically this bill. I think that this is very common sense, and I would hope that they would give it a second look. I would hope that they would. That I would hope that Robin Voss and Scott Fitzgerald would have the good common sense to take a second look at this and say, "Hey, we should allow our local government to make this decision in vehicles that they own." 
Since bus drivers can't check for permits, is the city or is anyone going to do anything to fight that specific rule? Question for you, Paul. Because how can it be regulated if the bus drivers can't even check? Well, that's 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 an interesting question, and one possible option for us is to see whether or not we might have a rule that allows a bus driver or requires a passenger to notify the bus driver if uh, they're carrying the weapon. Now that solves the problem of the bus driver uh, having knowledge as to who's carrying a weapon on the bus. It does not solve the core problem, the main problem, which is we own the buses. We operate the buses. We're responsible for the drivers. We're responsible for the passengers. And we ought to have the right to determine what to do with our private property. What the hell is happening in this state? Whatever happened to private rights in terms of an owner controlling their property? Buses private property. Um, we we own it. It's our property. Taxpayers. The taxpayers. We're the owner. We have title to it. That's a property right. It's no different than anybody else's. Not to be distinguished as to whether or not you're a nonprofit organization, you're an individual, you're a multinational corporation doing business with Donald Trump, or you're the city of Madison. It's our right. This Constitution's going to hell. Anything else? Are there any other cities that are having similar battles that you guys are looking at? Um, you know, this law would is not specific to the city of Madison. Um, the Supreme Court's decision makes policies null and void in cities across the state. I don't know if Chuck knows what other cities had a policy of banning weapons or not, but the law applies universally, so each city or each each um, local unit of government, there are county buses as well in some places. So each city or county, the local unit of government, would be empowered to make that decision under this law. Do you know if there are other cities that were impacted directly by the court decision? There are. I've gotten some calls. Uh, across the state, there's a mix of systems that allow and don't allow. So uh, uh, some have asked me, how are you going to deal with this so that they might use some of the ga same guidance once we... Uh, sort this out. So there is a mix of systems out there that both prohibit and allow. What about outside of Wisconsin? Any other big metro areas that have an issue with guns on buses or trains or anything? I, I can tell you that, you know, I've ridden public transit in many areas, and in each and every one I've always seen a sign saying that weapons were prohibited. Um, that's not to say that that's the case universally, but certainly in my experience, I've never been anywhere where weapons were allowed on the public transit that I was aware of. Do you guys have any Republicans, you know, we talked about leadership earlier, but are there any Republicans in the legislature who have expressed interest in sponsoring or supporting this bill? You know, this has all come up very quickly. Uh, we are just starting to circulate it for co-sponsorship today, so I will hopefully know more um, as we reach out to other legislators and work to build that support. I'm certainly hopeful. I mean, you know, this is common sense, and this will affect not only us, but certainly um, we have Republican representatives in areas where there are public transit authorities. And Republicans have long been the party 
that espoused local control, here's an opportunity for them to put their money where their mouth is and give that local control back, put put the control where it belongs. Um, I hadn't thought about that specifically, but certainly um, we're happy to work with police chiefs, and I think they are an integral part of this. If this were to stand, would it change, and this may be towards you, would it change how these city bus drivers are, are trained? If, I mean, if anyone, if it stands and anyone's just allowed to carry a gun on these buses, how would it affect how you're training your employees? One of the reasons that we haven't implemented this yet is to answer that question. We have communications that we're working on right now as far as how we communicate to the public and just as big, if not more important, as how we communicate to the drivers. We're still going through the 48-page decision to understand how best to do that, so I don't have an answer other than to say it's complex and we're working on it literally as we speak. Anything else? Well, would you care to comment on the proposed federal transportation budget, specifically in regards to Tiger Grants at this time? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to have a press conference tomorrow uh, on, on the federal budget. Um, we've got friends who are helping us do an analysis uh, in terms of, of how it impacts. Uh, this is not a budget that was uh, prepared with uh, any sensitivity to the needs of the American people. Now, in transportation, my understanding is the cuts are not going to be as devastating as they are in other areas such as education, health, housing, community development, because in the last two years, Congress adopted funding uh, and authorizations that extend out for five years. So um, it's, it's not a, it's not as horrendous as in those other areas. But I don't, I don't want to comment till we get these these reports in, uh, and they're coming in uh, today, and we'll we'll be hopefully better prepared tomorrow to tell you the effects uh, on, on, on our city and state. Representative Sergeant, would you say that this um, specifically is kind of special to you? Your district has experienced gun violence. Is this, does this kind of affect your approach to this? Well, certainly gun violence is prevalent all across um, the city of Madison and in, in our whole country. And we need to be doing a better job to make sure that everyone is safe whether they're at a gas station, whether they're sending their kids to school on a bus, um, whether they're at a movie theater watching a movie. Um, it's not specific to my district. Certainly it affects the whole city of Madison, the whole state of Wisconsin, and our whole country. Um, it's another example of how more guns and um, the ability to have guns in more places is quite frankly not safe. Um, and in order to provide safety for people in our communities, we need to have comprehensive um, gun reform that looks at um, public safety because uh, the gun violence across our country um, is clearly a public safety issue um, and we need to be addressing it in that way. Allowing our local governments 
um, the control that um, is, quite frankly, at the top of the Republicans' agenda that they keep chipping away at um, is what we are standing here asking for. We're not asking for a mandate that is saying that everyone has to allow guns or not have guns on their buses. We're asking for the ability for local governments to know what it is best, um, what it is safest for their communities. As mentioned, there's maybe a policy about checking guns on the bus. But is there anything else that could be done? Referendums? We're not even sure. There's no referendum. There's no legislation, and I even doubt that um, we'll have a successful effort to require people to notify the drivers. They will probably say that, given the span of the Supreme Court decision. Uh, that that would cover that as well, that, that kind of a disclosure. Uh, but we are looking at that, but I'm not optimistic. This bill is the only safe and prudent way of resolving the problem, the dilemma of the proliferation of guns, because we all know that the NRA makes more money the more people get shot and killed because then more guns are purchased. Um, and, you know, they're not getting enough people killed in public transit. Um, so this is, this is their effort to expand uh, the scope of, of their tragic demonic work. So then can you point to a situation where a licensed gun owner shot somebody on a bus? I mean, that's a pretty strong statement where you're... No, because we've kept the guns off the buses. Is there an incident that you can point to? Well, there was, the, there was the shooting in Long Island on the train a number of 15, 20 years ago. But no, I mean, we have been a relatively safe community because, exactly, because we've taken steps over the years to try and minimize the number of firearms in people's hands. And this is just one more escalation brought to you by the NRA and their selfish interests. And we know the data. We know the data in this country. We know the data internationally. The more weapons in people's hands, the more people, the more innocent people get shot and killed. The data hasn't changed. If there's a firearm in the home, and I assume it's true for on a bus or on a train, the owner, a relative, a family member, a friend, is 17 times more likely to be shot and killed than is an assailant. The numbers are real clear. I was wondering if, like, uh, just sort of a, a informational referendum, whether the public, you know, has a strong feeling one way or the other about this issue. Is that something that you would pursue as something? To do a, are you asking if we're going to do a referendum yeah. uh, on guns on buses? Sure. <laughs> I have no plans to do that. I mean, the, 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 the simplicity of a legislative solution by uh, the Assembly and the State Senate led by, by these representatives here is the way we ought to conduct government. In terms of any evidence to the legislature, which is not controlled by Democrats, as to why they need to listen to this idea at all? We, I mean, we know. We know. There have, been, um, there have been questions posed to the public. The public believes, in common sense, gun safety. 
Um, and this, in fact, is not common sense gun safety, this, this Supreme Court ruling. Um, this bill that we are proposing is an example of common sense gun safety. And the people all across Wisconsin overwhelmingly support common sense gun reform and gun safety. Uh, I don't think that we need to go to the ballot box and ask at a referendum level. Uh, we know that based on uh, our constituents reaching out to us, based on us reaching out to them at doors. We, we send surveys out to our constituents on a regular basis, um, and they believe in common sense safety. This is a measure that allows common sense um, reform and safety for the citizens of our community. We're responding to them because of our relationship with them with this legislation. This is, this is our response because of our knowledge and our intimate relationships with the people we represent. Let me add one more thing. I am confident, absolutely certain, that if we did not have a gerrymandered legislature, that if we had a fairly and properly elected legislature, this bill would be adopted within a matter of weeks. Thank you all. Okay.